Yesterday, January 20th, we witnessed the changing of the guard as the 46th president was sworn in to serve this great nation of ours. For many in the firm community, we observed it with great sadness and disappointment. On election night, it looked like he had done it again. Beaten all the odds, overcame all the adversity and all the polls, and pulled off the impossible. But as the days and weeks went on, that optimism began to fade. However, until the last moment, we had hope. Somehow, somewhere, some way, miraculously, there will be a reversal. Maybe some appellate judge will overturn the results. Perhaps the conservative-leaning Supreme Court will take a hard look at all the accusations and all the allegations and all the states that were contested and order a recount. But in the end, it was not meant to be. So I'd like to share with you a powerful insight that I saw in the name of Reb David Konschlita. The Gemara says in Sechtes Brachas, Omer Abchelba Omer Avhuna, Kala Kaveya Makam Litfilaso. If someone is Kaveya Makam, he sets a fixed place for his Tfila, Alakei Avraham Ba'ezrei. The God of Avraham assists him. Hashem takes special notice in his prayers and he answers his Tfilas. So when this person dies, they will eulogize him. They will scream out, Where is the humble one? Where is the pious one? Where has he gone? He was a Talmud of our illustrious father, Ram Avinu. And the question is, we say, He's a chassid, he's a righteous person. He comes every day to shul. He's Okay, we understand that. But Anaf? What does, why does that earn him the midah of humility? Why does he now become a student of Avram Avinu? So Reb David Kohn says something very powerful. In Parshas Vieira we find where Avram Avinu had pleaded for the people of Sodom. An unprecedented amount of tefillahs. Perhaps there are 50 righteous people in the city to save Sodom on, on their behalf. He davens, he begs, he pleads, he pulls out every last trick in his book. Wouldn't be right to destroy the tzaddik along with the rasha. Maybe there are ten tzaddikim left. Avram went all out for the people of Sodom. He besieged Hashem in tefillah. But in the end, Hashem said no. Hashem turned him down. And the next day, with the campaign over, his efforts unsuccessful, the Pasuk says, Avram Avinu went back to the same place, his Makam Kavua. He davened in the same place he always davens, with the same conviction, with the same attitude as usual, filled with reverence and gratitude, and with the same awareness of Hashem's greatness. He said, Hashem, I accept your verdict. That's humility. Why is he called a Talmud of Avram Avinu? Because Avram, after he was turned aside, he went back to his place. He said, Hashem, I acknowledge that you know better. I'm subjugating my intellect. I'm nullifying my das to your will. That's Anivas. That's emulating the Midah of Avram Avinu. The Gemara says in Sechtes Yuma, Ein malchis nagaz nima. One reign, one ruler, does not overlap with another, even a hairbreadth. The role of the presidency, down to the millisecond, is controlled, Menashemayim. If it was decreed for a new administration to take place at 12 noon, it will not be delayed even for one moment. But we are also aware of what Chazal tells us, 
The hearts and minds of world leaders, kings, presidents, is Biyad Hashem. What does that mean exactly? The Malbam offers an incredible insight. Every person has Bechira to do what he chooses. That is one of the most fundamental principles and is central on how the world operates. That is axiomatic. However, says the Malbam, when it comes to Malachim, it comes to world leaders, since they have the power to affect millions of people, Hashem takes away their free will and He uses them as a tool and as a conduit to impose His will on the world. He uses the office and the mind of the president to affect His wills and desires upon the world. So while a president is in power, his mind and his decisions are controlled from above. They say a story that when Ben-Gurion, the first prime minister of Israel, went down in defeat and retreated back home, reporters asked him, from all the decisions you made while you were in office, if you would have to do it all over again, would you change anything? And he answered them, I'm satisfied with all the decisions I made, except for one. I regret exempting Yeshiva Bacharim from the army. In hindsight, I can't believe I let them off the hook. The Bacharim shared this comment with Reb Cheskel Sarna, the Rosh Yeshiva of Hebron Yeshiva at the time. Reb Sarna explained to them, Leiv Malachim Vesarim Biyad Hashem. The Prime Minister's decisions were not his. Hashem managed everything from above so that it would be beneficial to Klai Yisrael. Therefore, although he may have done things differently, but at the time it wasn't his decision to make. Politicians make promises and lay out plans for what they will do should they get elected. But when they get into power, very often they take a totally different course. That is because it's not up to them anymore. Once they are in position of authority, Hashem takes over the decision-making process and they act the way Hashem guides them. They are no longer in control. We don't know the ways of Hashem. We don't know why He picks one person to be in power over the other. Who knows, if the incumbent would have been re-elected, if the people he pardoned, they might have had to wait another four years to be released from prison. And if the outcome of the election was indeed distorted, it was because HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed it to be rigged, which only adds more proof that Hashem now decided to impose His will on the world through this person. And now we know. Have a wonderful day.